Welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners with uh, the greatest podcasting team that showed up today. Um, <laughs> 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 which would be Mark Ingram and Brandon Toombs and Sven Ringling. Hey, guys. Hey, the team of people that had nothing better to do on a Friday. Is that it? Exactly. Not <laughs> enough work to do, so you're going to record a podcast. Right. <laughs> So um, today, what we wanted to go through was just some of our, uh, I guess, views, notes, opinions, and things that are interesting on the second half 2020 release of Success Factors. Um, we might pull in a couple things from Success Connect, but um, mainly focus here on the release notes and what's coming up for um, the second release of uh, 2020. I guess do we call it? 2H2020 or H2 2020? I've been calling it 2H2020. Is there something official? Yeah. I think 2H two, two two H is official, but it doesn't really roll off a tongue for me. No, it doesn't. And, and semi-annual is a lot harder to say than quarterly. So mm. I, I've got to get used to that as well. I'm, I'm still yeah. uh, very often referring to them as quarterly releases, and I, I need to get over that. It could be uh, bi-quarterly, right? Bi-quarterly. <laughs> Bi-quarterly. Six monthly? <laughs> Six monthly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So um, just a little bit on dates. Um, so this is in preview instances now, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, which would be Saturday because we're recording this on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and then his production win, Brandon. Uh, I guess it would be four weeks after that. So I'm, I'm not even going to, I don't have some time in November. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, Brandon, we'll start with you. So what are some things in the release notes that, um, I mean, we're not going to like just read the release notes, right? I mean, that would be kind of boring, but you know, what are the things there that caught your eye that you think, uh, are worth mentioning? Uh, yeah, so uh, the good news is for 2H uh, on the employee central side, I, I feel like there's some really uh, important things that, that are coming out. Um, the the big uh, the two big items I think uh, that everyone's going to be pretty excited about. Number one is the new hire wizard, which today uh, before this release is very fixed. You can't really make any changes to what all is included in the new hire that changes with this release and that becomes configurable um, so you can move things around presumably but the big uh, area of improvement there is if um, uh, uh, any kind of um, usually going to be uh, custom MDFs um, which are just basically structures to add new data in in a different way um, those can be included in the new hire wizard now so before, what you would have to do is you would go through the new hire wizard, hire somebody, then come back and fill in the remaining details. So that it that makes the the uh, custom MDF objects just that much more useful. Um, that's that's really kind of a net add. And it's a it's a big win. Um, the uh, second big thing I think I would say is the internal job history, which is the ability to, to just show for your uh, your uh, internal applicants, and then just as part of the talent profile, your just your employees say what kinds of, um, of job history they have within the company. Um, that used to be uh, available um, uh, two or three years ago, but then when people profile 
the internal job history went away. Um, and uh, finally, finally, it's come back. I will say uh, to the credit of the enhancement team, this is the one, this is probably the one enhancement that had the num most number of votes. So uh, it's made its way back. So we're happy about that. Um, and just a couple of other things that, um, you know, I will, I will call out. Um, so number one, people profile, uh, now can show all of the fields on the screen uh, by default. So uh, the way that the people profile works is it will show just uh, today, the way it works is it just shows a fixed number of fields. And then if you have, uh, let's say that the fixed number of fields was 30 and you actually had 32 fields for a certain portlet, those extra two fields would just be hidden. And then you have to click show more, which is a little bit annoying. Now that's going away and we'll be able to just show the entirety of a, of a portlet by default. Um, and then lastly, in the one that I, I may be about the most uh, excited about, Steve, considering our last podcast, which was uh, about uh, Internet uh, or IES, Identity Authentication uh -huh. Services. Um, the the, the uh, thing I was uh, a, a little bit upset by, I guess you would say, is the, the frustrations around just the initial uh, setup process. Um, mm -hmm. And that uh, is getting better in this in this release because now we're going to be able to uh, see the status of those setup steps. So if we will be able to tell right away what the problems mm -hmm. are, and that will greatly aid in troubleshooting. Where whereas now yeah. customers they can initiate that and then it just goes into a black hole. Now they'll have the visibility they need in order to finish out that process, which will make it much much better. So I'm yeah, visibility I'm on those things is a big deal, right? Uh, I, I immediately yeah. uh, uh, reached out to uh, Chris Payne, say, "Hey, look what's coming!" So um, <laughs> you know, it, it's pretty excited about that one. Good, good. Well, those are all good things. Um, you know, it's just the product continues to evolve and and get more functional. Um, you know, I'm curious because I've I've seen on some portlets, Brandon, companies that have like 75, 80 fields for some. So hopefully. Um, there's still going to be some control over, you know, maybe you don't want to show all 75. Maybe you just want to show uh, a certain number. But um, I think that, you know, it is annoying when you got to click on show more to see what you want to see. So I guess yeah. it's going to be a little bit like Christmas, like everybody wanted more fields. So now that they are there, they yeah. go all, all over it. You will have 500 fields by default and then Three months after Christmas, you recognize what your favorite toys are and you scale back again. Exactly. Yeah, that happens. That does. So, um, Mark, what's um, what's on your mind with the release of this? What are the things that uh, you're excited about or um, that you think uh, are worth mentioning? My, my initial reaction was um, that the second half of recruiting was not a lot. Um, but once I dug into it, I changed my mind on that. Uh, what I mean by not a lot was there's no big functional huge changes, right? Mm -hmm. But that, but no releases have to be about that. What I found was that um, there was a huge amount of things that when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's so specific, and you know, it must have been uh, from customer feedback, right? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I guess. Um, so I'll get actually before we get into that, um, let's let's talk about interview scheduling integration with Outlook. Um, there was a big um, kind of feeling that my, you know Microsoft are supporting uh, or ending support of basic authentication, uh, which means that uh, there was a fear among the community that um, interview scheduling 
uh, would stop working at the end of this year. So Microsoft are now mm -hmm. ending that second half of next year. But in this release, um, SuccessFactors are now um, supporting what they call modern authentication, which I don't know what that is yet. I have to dig into it. Um, but um, that means that um, customers can basically um, make their interview scheduling future-proof in terms of Outlook or Office 365 integration. Um, mm -hmm. my, rec my recommendation would be don't wait until it's don't wait until the second half of next year. Um, get yeah. it done as soon as possible, at least um, uh, if you can do it in in, in your test environment, um, so that if you you know you don't get to the second half of next year and then you run into teething problems, right? Mm -hmm. um, one um, one thing that'll get Brandon excited, I know, is that um, we now have the support of the. <laughs> this sounds like. Um, not a big deal, but it's kind of a big deal to recruiting nerds. Um, you you can now have the support of a position generic object in OData for both a job offer and a requisition. So, okay, why what why is that a big deal? Okay, so one, you can use business rules uh, when um, a requisition is created using OData. For me, the more important based upon past clients is that now when you're creating a requisition from a system that's not success factors, such mm -hmm. as SAP, for example, you can you can specify multiple positions. So it's great for mass hiring, right, Brandon? I know. Mm -hmm. That's fun to say that, that. That actually came up to today on a call. Um, of, I mean, yeah. they, they were asked, trying to figure out uh, how they were going to deal with those those mass hiring situations. And I said, I, I, I think that they may be adding that in. And I was uh, hoping to hear the good news. It sounds like, uh, does that mean that it's just generally supported now to be able to uh, open a requisition and, and assign some way, shape, or form multiple positions to it? Well, that was already the case, I think, of the, as of the previous release, that you could add multiple positions. The difference now is that you can also do that via OData. So if, oh, you're, cool. creating, if you're creating it, from, for example, from SAP, right? Nice. All right. So um, um, I'm not going to get into specifics, but there's a lot of improvements on the layout functionality of CareerSite Builder. Um, that's always been a bit finicky for me, trying to get just the right look, because you're you know, you don't have pixel perfect um, controls of Career Site Builder um, because it's a responsive site. So there's a lot of things to do with spacing, um, use, use of uh, logos on headers, and also now you can have uh, vector graphics files, which is which is good. Um, the big ch a big chunk, and I think this is very heavily customer driven, is a lot of administration functionality. There's a lot of things that um, used to only be available in provisioning for recruiting management or uh, command center for RMK, which are now in success factors career site builder. So I'll give I'll give some I won't go down the full list, but I'll give some examples. You can now you can now set up your search engine optimization from Career Site Builder. You don't need a consultant to go into command center, which they can't even do right now because it has to be a ticket. Right now they've mm -hmm. taken away command center access. Uh, there's enhancements to Google Ma Tag Manager and Google Analytics IDs, so you can have page-specific traffic tracking, including things that would previously not be considered RMK, but are actually uh, within what was recruiting management. So your registration page, your application page. Um, a big one is, whew, uh, so there are a couple more to do with um, uh, the use of, of um, 
recruiting posting and that again moving into success factors from uh and it doesn't have to be done in prison the big one is um we're doing and we've done this for a while we're now done away with um credit consumption model for recruiting posting so previously we have we know we've got what's called pick and post where you can choose which job boards you post it out to and in addition to paying whatever the job boards were charging for the postings themselves you were charged once per posting for a rec so if you post it to 10 job boards or one job board for a rec it would be the same it would be one credit right and you got so many credits as part of your su subscription this was both confusing to customers and they didn't know like am i when am i, am I going to run out of credits do i have to buy more credits and i, I think it kind of turned off customers from using recruiting posting a bit so they've done away from that model you still have to pay the job boards for your uh, for your postings but you don't have to use your credit within success factors which i think is awesome hmm. yeah and uh i think i've used enough of, of my time <laughs> oh, oh um maybe you yield the remainder of your time uh <laughs> maybe we can quickly talk about some of the advances of onboarding too but i'll let somebody else talk first yeah <laughs> well I'll, I'll talk a little bit about payroll there are a couple of things um happening with employee central payroll that i like one is um, you know, built-in replication now of InfoType 15 one-time payments deductions. That's nice. Um, it's good to have that. Um, there's also, I think, which is a, a sort of a bigger deal, is there's better um, integration for pay statements. So you can do now some deep linking for pay statements, which is nice. Um, and, you know, it'll automatically go into the last statement, for example. Um, another thing that I like that I saw was... Um, you know, when we do payroll simulations in the control center, it's great. You can see the payroll simulation. But, um, you know, I always say that it's not, a, uh, it's not a clean payroll until you can post it to accounting without errors. Uh, so now when we run a payroll simulation, we can also simulate a posting to FI. And, and that's a really good thing. Because if I have a bad center or a wage type that's not mapped or something like that, then I'll see that. And I'll see it earlier versus later. And that's always a good thing. Um, however, you know, if you're seeing those things, um, you know, you also need to put in processes to keep them from happening anyway, right? Um, but it's good to be able to see that. So, you know, there's some other things going on with Employee Central Payroll that are good in the release notes, but I think those are the ones that I would sort of bubble to the surface that I think users are going to notice most of all. So, Sven, do you have anything you want to bring up on release notes? Um, actually, no. I'm. I wasn't diligent enough to to have them read already. Um, um, the the things I've seen from like skim reading, the one that jumped at me was as Brendan already said, the configurable um, 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 new hire screens. I think that's a big thing because it just drives people nuts that they have a guided process and then they need to go back and do bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if you hear recommendations, yeah, you go through the process and you have a, a notepad where you write down what you didn't do and then you go back to that later. So that's a big, big win uh, for customers, I think. What I've been looking at recently, but it's it's mostly a bit less uh, exciting because the, the changes come in on a monthly basis is what's happening on the Qualtrics Employee Experience Management. Mm -hmm. And and the the big change there in, in the system is the that uh, there's a new version of the 360 feedback, which was mm -hmm. always a little bit, um, let's say, behind the curve from a from a 
experience point of view, funnily enough. Um, so it's now got a more modern look. I think that that's that's a big change, um, and makes the discussion even more interesting. Now, shouldn't we use that because it's in many respects more user friendly than the uh, success factors PMGM one? Um, mm -hmm. But the PMGM one has the integration into the competency framework in in success factors. So that's a it's an interesting balance. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It keeps consultants busy as the systems become technically more and more intuitive. In theory, at least we can uh, advise people on these decisions. And then there is the, the one thing that obviously follows more uh, six monthly uh, updates of success factors are the integrations between success factors and Qualtrics. Mm -hmm. And there is there's some real progress to be seen. There's more more and more um, intelligent service events uh, going to connect yep. directly to the APIs uh, in Qualtrics. Mm -hmm. in, in the past, we, we basically just used the intelligent service events to trigger an integration center um, file that goes through SFTP automation, which works, but doesn't mm -hmm. really feel like a 21st century modern integration. Um, but it's still a good way to like make it work in a pragmatic way without spending lots of money until uh, the, the standard integration builds out. And there, there's also some um, some updates where the, the UI integration, where you actually are in your success factor screen, and then you get the survey in, in the same uh, screen without having to jump with a link to a different, um, to a different application. This Quartrix mm -hmm. calls the website and app feedback feature that actually now also works with the app, not just with the browser version. So mm -hmm. there are um, UI integrations that were alleged the success factors mobile app, which is um, in theory you can use this thing everywhere where you can like, put down some custom custom JavaScript. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah you can't in the standard mobile app. So that's why uh, success factors needs to provide the docking points. So in that respect, I would say they, they seem to be, well, I haven't tested it yet, obviously, but um, it looks like they're true to the uh, initial statements about the roadmap. And so far, there doesn't seem to be any going back on that integration roadmap based on that whole uh, announcement of IPO and maybe losing mm -hmm. the ties yeah. a little bit between uh, Qualtrics and SAP. We don't, I think that's more on a sales contractual perspective where customers might see that there's maybe then more, uh, more push for direct sales from Qualtrics rather than uh, mm -hmm. SAP AEs. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, my interest is, yeah, what does the solution do for customers? And it doesn't seem so far to affect that. There might even be a bit of an incentive um, now that kind of Qualtrics is free to integrate with whomever they want to mm -hmm. uh, push the the speed up a little bit because uh, yeah, to compete uh, to to keep the the head start for uh, with the competition. So yeah. on that, I'm. Black, yeah, we're going the right way. Yeah, that's good. That sounds good. So, uh, Mark, what's going on with onboarding? Do you do you know? Uh, is there anything interesting with onboarding that's changing? Yeah, I I actually don't really track the onboarding one um, as it's called now. Um, uh, 
more onboarding too, which is now because it's for default onboarding is just called onboarding. Um, with, so finally, for the many many uh, U.S. compliance forms are available. And also, you can do it right. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I think I I thought there was uh, compliance forms in Canada as well, but I didn't see them in the um, in the release mm -hmm. notes. Um, we can now use the I nine form, which is, um, and I'm not familiar with it on the EC side, but apparently it's the same MDF object that you have on the EC side. Um, versus, Work for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Kind of more exciting. Kind of more exciting is versus, um a new onboarding dashboard, which is really where you get you get a good overview of the onboarding um, participants. But the good thing mm -hmm. is you can, you can kind of drill into that on different tabs within a person and then see oh, where, where are they lacking in compliance and so on. Um, mm -hmm. The one so notably uh, missing was, um, you know, there's nothing on E-Verify yet. So you're mm -hmm. still going to have to use a, a third party solution if you, uh, for E-Verify. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always good progress. It's coming along. You know, everybody wants it to get more functionality faster, but it, you know, when you're building a solution from the ground up, it takes time, right? Can I ask about uh, W4? Is that also included as yeah. of this release? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. So, and then do you know what the, what's the process supposed to look like then um, for let's say an SAP or an ECP customer? Uh, it goes from the W4 object on onboarding then once you hire the person into sap is it supposed to go straight from that uh, w4 mdf object on onboarding into sap or how is it supposed to work now right and i i actually had that question from somebody else as well and i i don't know the details yet um mm -hmm. i would like to think that the the data behind the fields is just going to go over to um the w4 um, but that, but, that, but, but but that would require changes on the um, on the SAP integration as well because it's not it's not directly supporting the integration as well. So yeah, um, right. They'll get there eventually. I mean, guys, if you if you look at sort of what we've been talking about as far as releases go, I mean, SAP success factors keeps making more and more progress every time. So yeah. it's just it's just a matter of time. But you know, when you see part of a of a feature, but you want more of it. It's like okay, well, you you got to sort of temper expectations there. You 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 don't get everything all at once. Yeah, On, onboarding too is a is a great solution. Um, it's yeah. extremely flexible, and I love the fact that it's all based on mm -hmm. on MDF. But um, what 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 I'm interested in again, selfishly, is the tipping point for when it gets enough U.S. compliance that it gets mass adoption in the U.S. Because then I can yeah. do projects, right? Um, when I, I did, uh, back in July, I did the onboarding two class. And at the time there were only, I think six live customers in the world and none of them were, I believe none of them were in the U S. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is good. That, and that's going to be a, a welcome change as far as, um, being able to plug some of those gaps. Uh, you know, Steve, back to the, back to that point you were making about, yeah, it, it's, completely understandable that when you have things that are a little bit less mature that it's going to take a little while to 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 kind of uh, fill those things in my only complaint and this is a this is a point of frustration is that if if success factors and sap can be proactive about communicating some of those limitations that 
makes mm -hmm. a huge difference because what ends up happening more often than not, it feels like, is especially when there are there are gaps between modules. Uh, the W4 being yeah. a perfect example. Um, we don't get any documentation on that. We find that out uh, in the middle of an implementation and then we have eggs on, egg on our face and are trying to explain this to the customer. This is an example, ACA um, in benefits mm -hmm. is another where there's just no support. And as far as I know, there's still no official documentation. If you go to the implementation guide for benefits, it, do it still doesn't say, by the way, ACA is not supported yet. Um, yeah. it, it, it's just a matter of just, uh, it's very important to just yeah. tell the customer what your your product doesn't do yet that i mean once you once you do that then um it's totally fine for you to take some time to get those things right that's that's not the problem the, the problem is yeah. they need to do a better job of uh of being proactive in thinking about this from a customer's perspective and and in uh, identifying the things that they're going to need that they're not going to have right out right off the bat but yeah, it's you're right. It's it's about setting expectations, Brandon, and that's that's one of the things to not be disappointed. So that's why I set the expectations for our podcast really low, so then we can usually <laughs> exceed them every time. <laughs> I, I think other countries are a little bit better off on that because most of them don't have their country specific forms in in onboarding anyway, right? So it's it's mostly uh -huh. U.S. forms uh, and. Um, and in other countries, you find other ways or do custom stuff. But that, I think that, one thing that even if it's not yeah. uh, release notes related, and hopefully everybody should have received an email, but for the consulting colleagues out there who haven't realized it yet, if, if you certified for onboarding, you now need to certify for employee central for onboarding 2.0, right? You need an employee central certification. The logic is this, it's all MDF based. And basically yeah. it, you have a mini EC implementation if you implement onboarding. If you haven't had EC live yet, it feels like you do have an EC implementation because of the data model. So you that's what they require. There's, you probably don't need everything out of the EC training, but you need the certification. Okay, so minor, minor gripe about that. And I do. I, I have to. I'm. I'm taking my EC certification next week, just so that I can implement onboarding too. Um, but it seems like the amount that you need to know of EC is a lot smaller than. I would uh, think. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so the the workflow is is pretty heavy on the EC side. You don't need to know that for implementing onboarding. Um, I mean, it's basically any anything with the anything with the the business configuration you need to know it's pretty heavy on that and um, some you know business business rules that's not ec specific you should you should know business rules no matter what module you implement right um so anyway it, it is what it is so i'll be a good boy and take my certification i i i would concur i do not want uh onboarding people to have to take uh the ec certification mainly because i want to keep the riffraff out of ec so, <laughs> yeah i just uh, think it, it, it will just deviations right so many more people have to do yeah. it so i would i would consider myself among the ec riffraff and um <laughs> you know um like if if i if i put i know i'm still gonna i'm gonna put ec certification on my resume because i went to the trouble to get it but um it it mm -hmm. really it dilutes the, it it dilutes what is EC expertise because I'm not okay. Never say never, but I'm not planning on becoming an EC consultant. But 
but because of the huge volume yeah. of people that are going to have yeah. to get certification, it dilutes for people that really focus on the area of, of Employee Central, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's it's not your functional focus, Mark. Right, your your functional focus isn't on implementing complete HR systems. It's on recruiting, onboarding, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, right. recruiting yeah. and onboarding go together like you know, peanut butter and jam, but not EC. Yeah. It's not it's not my bag, baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> we have the same in, in our team. Our our recruiting colleague, yeah, she does RCM and RMK and RPO and says recruit, uh, onboarding is the natural extension or great and she's done that and now bloody hell I have to do the EC certification why do I need to learn about time off? Yes. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, it's too, too much. much. It, there's no way that you could, you could do a justice to uh, learn EC and onboarding and RCM and keep up with all of those and do, and do a good job with it. I mean, you, you can do a very light mm -hmm. job with it, but you couldn't do, uh, you, you really wouldn't be very good at, at any of them. Maybe a younger job is too broad, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, this has been um, good. So I, I heard, you know, the highlights and got some good commentary in there. And well, yeah. uh, I, I, mm, so I'm sorry. <laughs> What? Oh uh, well, you know we um, the homepage. Um, I haven't looked into the homepage at all for for second half. But if anybody else has looked at that, I'd like to learn a bit about what that means for us. And then um, I know you haven't looked at the second half stuff, um, Sven. But um, uh, has your team looked at um, the new functionality around? Um, is it visa and permit management yet? Um, a friend of mine's product manager, Margaret. Uh, West and um, I'm kind of interested in the adoption for that, but maybe that's for another podcast. Mm, yeah, it's an interesting one. I actually stumbled upon it the other day and I realized it's been on my agenda on on point three for two years, but never made it to point two or one. But I think the the, it, the adoption is primarily in the Middle East, as far as I've heard from customers, because they have a lot of uh, workers from from other countries, probably most workers in, in some Middle East countries. So, and, and I think it's been driven also by that market originally. That they asked mm -hmm. for this kind of functionality, but it should be valuable for for customers in other countries who, who work a lot with um, uh, with um, employees who need visa. Mm. But yes, good one to uh, some homework for next podcast. There you go. Mark, do you have anything else? I want to know if Brandon's looked at the new homepage functionality at all. No, no, I haven't. Now you're making me feel guilty. <laughs> Definitely the headline for the entire uh, for the for the entirety of of SA, of success factors. And no, I haven't had a chance to look well, at we'll, we'll, in my little yeah. fiefdom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same here. We'll talk about it next time. What yeah. I what I what I will say is that anybody that's implementing a module should know that. Not not a dig at you. It's also a dig at me. Um, though that always the look at the, always look at the yeah. platform stuff. The one yeah. thing I did notice is mm -hmm. that there's um, usability improvements to business rules, and everybody loves using business rules. I've, it's super super powerful. So mm -hmm. that's just that's just one example. And um, yeah, I definitely always look at the platform stuff, but it's just uh, the homepage is so, just so broad, and um, just the kind of thing I think I'm going to need to get in and play around with, which we will be able to yeah. do within the next couple of days. 
All right, one more thing. How full featured <laughs> it will be at the outset, or if it's going to be one of those things, kind of like uh, the people analytics, where you know it's generally available, but there's going to be things that maybe you won't be able to, to adopt it right away. So I'll be yeah. I'll be curious to see uh, on the homepage. Yep. Stay tuned. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, generally available versus generally functional, two different things. Alrighty, Mark, do you have anything else? I will. Uh, I do. I will hold my tongue. <laughs> Guys, thanks. Uh, thanks for all your perspective on this. This is fun. Um, hopefully we gave people some uh, entertainment, entertainment and some interesting things to consider. So, um, yeah, again, so if you got to the end of the podcast and you want to subscribe, <laughs> go to your favorite platform. You can subscribe. And just Mark, to be, Brandon's Finn. Yeah. Just to be, just to clarify, when I was talking riffraff, I wasn't talking generally about consultants. They're all, they're all lovely. It was talking specifically about Mark. So you know, I just it. wanted to make that point. <laughs> I love you right. too, Brandon. <laughs> I think we got into okay. the end of our rope. Cool Thanks, guys. Like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs>